You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. Uh, once again, I am Ben Wolf, your host, and we are going to learn from our guest today how to leverage the power of a peer learning group to maximize yourself and your business. Um, encourage everybody out there to subscribe, leave a review wherever it is that you are listening to this. Uh, we'll make sure that you get the content and the value that we're sharing in the future and that uh, the more uh, reviews there are certainly makes the uh, makes the podcast come up higher in search results and makes the value more accessible to other people and is a way to pay it forward. So encourage you to do that. And uh, so with that, I'd like to get on to introducing our guest today, which I'm very happy about. Um, he is a Vistage chair in uh, Columbus, Ohio. That's a, that's a peer group called Vistage, which has, uh, you know, branches and, and, and groups all over the world. Uh, and a Vistage chair in Columbus, Ohio, where he facilitates groups of CEOs, small business owners, key executives uh, uh, in groups, as well as providing individual executive coaching. Uh, he's the founder and CEO of Moffmer and Company, where he provides six and 12 month leadership training programs where he teaches people how to live what he calls relentless leadership. Uh, he has held leadership positions at a wide variety of entrepreneurial businesses over many years. Uh, you can find out more about him at perrymoffmer.com. That's Perry, how, do you, how you'd expect, and Moffmer, M-A-U-G-H-M-E-R.com. And with that, I give you Perry Moffmer. Welcome, Perry. I'm very thankful uh, that we were able to connect and make this happen. Awesome, absolutely. And uh, so I guess what I wanted to start with, if you don't mind, is kind of like, you know, beyond what's on your, you know, official, you know, LinkedIn profile or, you know, maybe mentioned officially in my introduction, uh, you don't mind just saying a few words about like a two minute quick history about how you got where you are, how you got to be focusing on and, and, and doing the things where you are now to give people some context. Well, I think the easiest way to start this off is I look at it as if everything that I've done up until I became a Vistas chair kind of brought me to that point. And the reason is because I worked in a number of different industries over the course of my career and was never really business or industry specific. And so I worked in the retail industry. I worked in the landscape, landscape construction industry. I worked in banking. I worked in uh, private label credit cards. I worked in promotional products. I even ran a hearing aid business for a while. And so all of those things over time enabled me to help folks the way I do now because I was never the person who knew the most about the industry. So I always had to rely on other people and became very, uh, um, very adept at not knowing. And so uh, that's what I do with Vistage because it's easy for me to help folks because I don't know as much as they do and I never will. So I've always relied on being able to ask the right questions and help the people in those organizations achieve what they want to achieve because they always had the, the, the deeper and broader knowledge about their industry while I, what the medium I worked in was really people. It certainly is very similar to the approach I take as an EOS implementer, helping companies get what they want from their business, you know, through implementing the EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System Model. We certainly also take that facilitation approach. We're not like a consultant that comes in and interviews 50 people in the company over several weeks and writes a 60-page report. Uh, we are... Um, you know, I'm helping facilitate the wisdom in their room and the wisdom in their on their team that they certainly know their 
business better than anybody else, better than better than I'm going to, and I don't need to, as you said, uh, facilitate them uh, them getting to more clarity on their own, and you certainly facilitate people getting clarity from each other as well. So that's very cool, and I understand that. Um, so I guess one thing I wanted to focus on with peer learning is uh, is based on something that I learned from one of my mentors, Jonathan Smith, who's a certified EOS implementer here in New York. Uh, and he writes in his book, Optimize for Growth, that leaders who want their business to be successful need like really three main things, three main elements. One is a coach, two is a peer group, and three is an operating system. So in EOS, I mean, we provide the operating system. And in terms of the leadership team of the organization, we also provide a coach, not necessarily individual coaching to the uh, to the executive or the owner or the entrepreneur. Um, but what people should seek out, whether it's through Vistage or another similar organization, is a peer group, one of the key things for their success. So I guess I would wonder from you, what, what, uh, what, what, what is Vistage? And what, like, what is a peer group? Why is it important? Well, Vistage is, as, as you've said, uh, we call them a peer advisory group. And so really what we try to do is we put together people with similar problems. And so there's a, a number of different groups which you referenced in the introduction. There's uh, chief executive groups, uh, small business groups, key executive groups, uh, trusted advisor groups. And the whole point of having different groups is so that we put people in the room with other folks who are most likely experiencing the same types of issues. And so the value of that discussion really comes around both being able to share with other people what you're going through and getting some input on those. And then the flip side of that is also hearing other people talk about their challenges, which quite candidly let you know that you're not the only one experiencing things like that. And the biggest benefit really of any group that you're in is the ability to talk through what you believe the problem is so that you're actually asking the right question at the end of the time together. Because most of the time, the question that somebody comes in with, we call them how do I questions. You know, how do I do this? How do I do that? But the question that most people come in with is very rarely the one that they leave with. And so there are solutions offered, but the real benefit is being able to talk through the question itself and having your peers ask you questions about why you believe the issue you brought up as an issue, and then also from the greater standpoint of how, what, what, what role am I playing in the issue itself? Can you like paint a little bit of a picture for me? Like, what is it like? Imagine somebody didn't, you know, they're not a member of a Vistage group like like the one that you run. Like, what is it? Paint a picture. What is it like for people so that people can relate to this? Because probably most people are not part of peer groups like this. Like, if you could paint a little bit of a picture, what's it like for somebody without a peer group? They're running a business. They're trying to do it on their own. What's that like? What's that like for them? What's that? What does that feel like? Well, most of the time, the very first thing that people notice is the relief from isolation. And so it's really interesting when somebody first comes into a group there, it's almost like the person's been out in a desert and they have nothing to drink and they suddenly fall into um, a crystal clear spring of water. And you can almost watch them as they listen to other folks talk the look that comes over their face of the, oh, this is, we're gonna do that. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna have that discussion. And it's, it's very invigorating for them and re-energizing because I, I believe the biggest thing, and this is feedback from the people that, uh, you know, that I work with is, I never, for a long time, I thought it was just me. 
and they finally then are open their eyes to the fact mm -hmm. that everybody struggles with a lot of the same challenges and that they're all working on them and that that's okay and that they don't have to have all the answers. And, and I think one of the underlying, mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess you could call it qualities that, that make a good Vistage member is intellectual humility, is the ability to know that I don't have all the answers nor should I be expected to have all the answers. And once that kind of freedom hits them, they're very relaxed and they understand that this is a process and that you know they're always going to run across things that they may not understand and it's okay because now they have a group of people they can go to. And, and I had a member tell me a couple of years ago, after he was a member for about six months, he said, I finally realized what this is. He said, it isn't a place that I come to get answers, it's a place that I that I can come when I do something wrong, I now have a support group. And so it, for that person, mm. it literally transformed the way they ran their business because they had been very risk averse up to that point. And they began to understand and grasp the opportunity in taking calculated risks because now they had a group of people that they could go to if they needed to talk about something. If something got screwed up in their business, if they made a mistake, they had much more of, they had uh, a higher degree of confidence now they could fix it. Right, wow, that, you know, I, I, def I definitely hear, I mean, you have that feeling of isolation, you don't, you know, you feel like, hey, I'm the only one who has this issue. Um, and, you know, and, and, and what a, like you talk about going to a, to a fresh spring or what a feeling of relief it is when you, when you realize that, you know, look, everybody's dealing with the same kinds of things. It doesn't mean I'm worse or less competent than, than other people. This is, you know, these are universal problems uh, and not feeling like you have to always look like and feel like the one who has the answers when you know you, when you know deep down inside that you don't. Um, you know, so that's, uh, you know, that sounds really powerful. And I guess there's that feeling a person has naturally of like terminal uniqueness you know, before they join the group, uh, before they come to some group like this, like Vistage, and, you know, realize that, you know, I'm the only one with this problem. So, so, so I hear that. And, and you know, what a relief that is. Uh, one thing I want to ask is that, you know, I know that as part of the Vistage program, there's also like executive coaching that you do with people. It's like, where, where does coaching fit into that? How does that interact or interface um, or work symbiotically with the with the peer learning and the peer group? It's in, interestingly enough, however the member wants it to fit in. And so what I can tell you is that the work that I do individually with each of my chief executive members is different. And uh, so we meet once a month as a group, and then I also have 60 to 90 uh, minute one-to-ones with all of my chief executive members a month, every month as well. And it really is unique to them. And so everybody has a different style. And so some folks are you know, are, are leveraging it for business issues and some folks are leveraging it for folks uh, within their organization. Sometimes I'll meet with somebody's VP of sales, you know, and I'll help other people in the organization. They may even invite me to a meeting to give feedback on the meeting. And so it really becomes um, an, an asset for them to use as they see fit. What I always want to do though is try to uncover those issues they can bring to the group because routinely the whole point of this is I'll, I'll ask them, they'll ask me for an opinion and I'll say, why would you want one person's opinion when you could have 12 or 14? 
And, and so I try to push back all of those things. Then, and I use the one-to-one -to, -one to try to help them refine the issue in their mind so that they're really prepared and honed in on what they want to bring to the group. Hmm. So as opposed to most executive coaching, my goal really isn't to, to coach and solve problems in the one-to-one -one as much as it is to help them figure out if there's an issue they want to bring to the group because when we get it in front of the group, it becomes much more powerful for everybody else. And, and if I'm working with a, a member in a one-to-one -one and we have this really great issue that we're talking about, we're actually robbing the group of the opportunity to learn from it. And so it's, I have to be very cognizant of that because it's always fun to help people solve issues, but I have to make sure that we're bringing stuff back to the group because we want, we want everybody to benefit from those discussions. Right. That makes sense. I know, you know, maybe some people are saying like, look, you know, obviously there's a, there's, there's a spend an expenditure associated with being part of a structured peer group like this. Like what's the difference if somebody says, Hey, like, I just want to talk to my friends or I just want to go to networking events and meet other business owners that way. What's the difference between like trying to do this on your own versus doing it in a, like doing it in a structured or facilitated environment? What's the difference in how that feels? Well, I think the big difference is going to be the candidness and the honesty that you get. And so I'm a, I usually tell people one of the first times when I meet them, I, I just take the pressure off and say, Vistage is not for everybody and everybody is not a fit for Vistage. Because you really have to have the uh, kind of intestinal fortitude to sit with a group of your peers and hear honest, candid <laughs> feedback. And that isn't for everybody. And so most of the time, if you're mm -hmm. networking or you're talking to your friends or your family or even folks within your organization, they're most likely not going to give you the unvarnished truth because it can get a little sticky. And so what's great about a Vistage group is you're all there for the same reason. So you, you kind of self-selected and you've raised your hand and said, I want to hear it. I, wanna, I want you to honestly tell me what you think. And so in those meetings, there's a lot of there's a lot of caring that goes on at the foundation of this. This is not just a group of people who see each other once, once a month. These are folks who go out to dinner with each other and their spouses. These are people who know each other's kids. They've been together sometimes. I mean, I have folks in groups that have been together five to seven years now. They know each other. And so the, the deal that you make when you join the group is if, if I say something in there that doesn't sound right and it's misaligned with what I've said I want, you owe it to me to call me on it. And so it, it can be confrontational, but um, in a very positive way. No, we're, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but we're also not let, letting anybody off the hook. And I think that's the big difference you're gonna get in a Vistage group, in any group like that versus something that's more unstructured. You're not gonna get that, you're not gonna get that honesty because people pull punches because it's uncomfortable. And, and we kind of uh, thrive in that uncomfortable environment in a Vistage group. Right. I, I, I hear what you're saying and that and that that kind of that kind of ability to, to be more honest and not pull punches that it's you know, it's very powerful and you know, and you're not necessarily gonna get that because you know, precisely because people care about you and they care about your feelings, but you know, being part of a group like this, you realize that uh, that you know, your 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 peers, you're actually not doing them a favor uh, by sparing you know, by sparing them or not being fully fully honest with your feedback. So that's really cool. And I, I guess what, what I also like in a pattern that I'm kind of seeing in a lot of your responses in this, you know, in this conversation is, uh, is it it's, you know, it's not, 
you know, like maybe I expected you to talk more about the value of your facilitation. And obviously they wouldn't be getting that value from their peers without that facilitation. Um, But uh, I guess what I'm really hearing is that, you know, is that it keeps coming back to the value that you're getting from your peers and from each other, which maybe they wouldn't get without the facilitation, but that's really the focus of it. Um, And so I'm just kind of seeing that pattern and, and just, you know, very, whatever, just, you know, I find that to be very cool. Um, and do you have any stories also like specific people, uh, or stories that you could, you know, that you'd be at liberty to share that, uh, you know, that relate, you know, uh, you mentioned one already that relate to, um, you know, kind of the examples of, of, of peer learning or how people brought up issues and let themselves be vulnerable, heard feedback, what happened afterwards. Like, I don't know, just any, any stories, examples that you've seen recently. So that's a, I do have lots of examples, but we have strict confidentiality agreements with our groups, and so it becomes very challenging to share them. Um, but I can tell you in, in general, like I can group them together, and I think there's a couple important things for people to understand. The, when you come into a group meeting and you bring an issue, it's very likely that the issue you're bringing turns into something that you didn't expect. And so we've had things that have turned that somebody has brought in and that were very kind of tactical like i have an issue with this employee which turned into a discussion around maybe misalignment with my business partner because of how we're handling that employee and the issue becomes really less about Mm. that employee than it is about my alignment and agreement with my Mm. business partner so that's part of the process that we go through and you talk about the value of facilitation that's the role i play I make sure that we're asking the right questions and I give space for people to ask those questions and then they have safety in that group to answer them and they have to be ready to hear the answer. And not only that, but then they have to be prepared emotionally to do something about it. And there have been a number of instances in groups where issues have been surfaced and it's taken anywhere from three to four months to sometimes a year before that issue gets addressed fully. And so mm-hmm. that's the other, the other big piece of a Vistage group is the accountability to your peers. Because once you bring something up, it's on the record. And so there's an accountability to come back the following month and maybe month after month and talk about the progress you're making or maybe the lack of progress. And, and the biggest issue um, I want people to understand is there's never any judgment. Nobody in that meeting is judging you. And so you can be completely honest. You can be completely open. And you can tell your group, you know, I just didn't have it in me to address it this month, but I want you to hold me accountable for doing it. And so that group's going to do that because we all recognize it isn't a matter of I have a solution, I implemented it, and now I'm good and I'm moving on to the next thing. These things, some of them are highly emotional issues that you have to generate the energy to take care of. And some of them are more like a paradox or a predicament than a problem. They're not something I'm gonna go back and solve. I'm gonna go back and take step one or two, which then may cause a whole different set of problems to spin off of that, and then I have to address those. So some of these are ongoing, and, and that's why the group's so important because we're not just going to, it's not like a highly paid group of consultants where I have a specific <laughs> problem. So I find the person with the right answer, you know, th- that's out there and we need, we need those things too. This is more about, I need to understand how I'm the, the, at the, at the root of some of these problems in my business or how I am part of it. 
And then what behaviors do I have to change for myself in order to get a different result? And then who can hold me accountable for that and who better than your peers? Right. I hear what you're saying. I mean, I know Tony Robbins always says that, you know, the biggest roadblock for, you know, for any business owner is, is the, uh, you know, is the psychology of the leader. Um, so I hear what you're saying. You talk about emotion. Um, and, you know, with that, I think that's actually a great way to transition into, uh, you know, what I know is your, what I know is your biggest passion and, you know, and what I think is one of the skills that over the six and 12 month leadership training programs that you do for uh, leaders and organizations uh, is that you talk about relentless leadership, right? So I guess just to take a step back from that more specific thing, like what is it about being a leader in an entrepreneurial organization or company that brings with it such agita that makes it so frustrating and, and, you know, and, and, uh, and difficult? Like, what is that? I think it's because we're, we're dealing with people, right? I mean, it's, it's really challenging because they're, you know, you're trying to help people. And one of my, one of my favorite, my definition of leader, right, is it comes from David Foster Wallace, an American author. And he said, leaders are those who help us overcome our own selfishness, weakness, laziness, and fear to do better, more important work Hmm. than we could ever do on our own. And that's the root of it. As a leader, you're trying to help other people overcome their laziness, selfishness, weakness, and fear. By the way, we also have to address our own categories of those things for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because as a leader, we're not, we're not immune to those. So we're all the while we're doing this, we're, we're battling our own and we're helping other people battle theirs. And so I think that's what the emotional piece of it is, is because we're always growing. And, as, and that's why it's called relentless from my standpoint, because we're never done. Because the outside world is changing so quickly that the leader you are in your organization today may not be the leader that organization needs in 6, 12, or 18 months. And if we think that we can just remain static as a leader and not continue to evolve, then we're going to be challenged. And so we're going to continue to grow, and then we're going to try to push other people to continue to grow as well. Why? Right. And would you mind giving like... I don't know, like, you know, maybe even just, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I, I know there are probably hundreds of, of points it, that go into this, but something that people can do who are listening to develop that quality of relentless leadership within themselves, maybe an example of, uh, of somebody, obviously with, with confidentiality, and I certainly don't expect any specific, you know, specific names or companies, but I mean, you know, just like the general stories without identifying information, but like, you know, examples of somebody that's done that, or like, what, what's a, what's a skill or something that people can do, um, you know, they can do at home to, uh, to try to develop their own quality of, of relentless leadership. Well, I think the very first thing is just self-awareness is just the willingness and ability to be self-aware of how your behavior impacts other people. And, and that's the where it all starts. It's just the question I ask everybody when we start is, is your behavior serving you and those around you? If the answer is yes, then don't change anything. But if there's something going on where you, you can take a look in the mirror and say, I'm at the center of this. Like, and, and if you go back to the definition of a leader, there's no title involved in that. So every day we impact people. And, and so I don't, have to be the, I don't have to be a leader in an organization. I don't have to have a title. It's all about how I interact with somebody. So if my interactions, and one of the core fundamentals of, of relentless leadership is every interaction 
I have a choice. Now, I'm not big on binary decisions. I don't believe that everything's binary, but I believe this is. And that is, with every interaction I have with somebody, I either build up or tear down. Hmm. And so if you want to know the one thing everybody can do today, which is with every interaction you have today, ask yourself, am I building up or am I tearing down? Because it is a choice and we have to make it because there's no middle. I can't just have an interaction where, where there's nothing, where, where I'm completely neutral. I'm either building that person up, I'm building that situation up, I'm building those people up, or I'm tearing down. And if we, and, and by, by all means, leaders don't do it 100% of the time. I tell people, just try to be above 50%. Let's just start, <laughs> let's, let's put the bar somewhere where it's, it's manageable. I mean, if we could do, if we all did that, I mean, in every interaction we had as a society, if we focused on building other people up in that interaction, just think of the impact that could have. Right. I definitely, I, I definitely hear that. And, you know, I think about myself, like I, I you know, I try to think about, you know, and, and, and like you said, you know, it doesn't have to be with people who are officially, you know, below me in a, you know, in a corporate hierarchy, uh, but colleagues, um, colleagues or superiors, whoever it is, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I guess one of the issues I've, you know, just to get a little vulnerable here for a second, you know, one of the issues I, I've seen with myself is that sometimes I could be too transactional in my, uh, in my interactions with other people, you know, and, you know, to ask myself, you know, okay, that's, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's my like go-to like default that I have to work on. Uh, and is that serving me? Is it serving them? Is it serving, you know, the outcome that we're both working towards? Um, or is it doing the opposite? Is it building up or tearing down? You know, cause it's, you know, if you just look at it as transactional, just get this done kind of neutral, not up or down, just, you know, we all want to just get stuff done. Then, Maybe that's actually not serving us as well. So it gives me a lot of thought, a lot to think about. And, you know, I definitely want to encourage everybody out there again to check out uh, Perry Moffmer's website, which again is perrymoffmer.com, Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, Moffmer, M-A-U-G-H-M-E-R.com. Uh, again, M-A-U-G-H-E-R, I think I said it right. I don't think I skipped any letters that time, perrymoffmer.com. Uh, definitely recommend checking that out. And uh, about his leadership training programs, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'd be happy if, you know, looking for a recommendation of a Vistage chair in, in your area, uh, I'm sure he'd be happy to help. Um, and, uh, you know, just really, really appreciate you coming on the show today, Perry, and, you know, sharing what you are. And I think this, you know, this peer learning and relentless leadership are, are not things that we've really covered in depth before on on win-win and entrepreneurial community. So really happy that you were able to come on and, and talk about that. Well, Ben, I very much appreciate the opportunity. It's been great. Uh, I love to talk about anything that would help anybody. Uh, you know, if we if uh, if we just help anybody we can, when we can, as much as we can, as often as we can, I think everybody wins. Well, amen to that, and uh, I appreciate it, and uh, look forward to talking to you later, continuing the conversation, and I will see everybody else on the other side. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.